Welcome to The Luminary by Isaac Inslit, where we interview some of the best Sri Lankan unique personalities for you to get inspired and motivated by going through their life stories and experiences. Now here's your host, Mr. Trevin Hannibal. Hello everyone, welcome to Luminary and uh, as you guys know, Luminary is organized by ISAC and uh, to, as you guys know, in our lineup we bring in celebrities in Sri Lanka and in our lineup today we have an extraordinary character I could say. Uh, if we got, uh, if you talk about Elon Musk of uh, SpaceX and uh, people like Jack Ma of Alibaba and uh, Richard Branson of Virgin Group in Sri Lanka we cannot forget uh, the name of Kishu Gomez. So we have Mr. Kishu Gomez with us. It is a pleasure to have you, sir. And let's start with how are you doing? I am doing very well. Uh, Hanum, it's great to see you after several, is it a couple of years? Uh, probably. Yes, uh, you are at that end. I'm, I'm still here uh, doing very well. and. Uh, Thank you so much, uh, you know, for the introduction. Um, I don't know whether I really deserve the, the kind of lines you used, uh, but it happy to be part of this. So, uh, so basically, how it works is is going to be a few questions that I'm going to ask you, and afterwards, you. Uh, you know, it's going to be around 40, 45 to 50 minutes. That's the time duration that we are looking at. So let's start from the very beginning. Uh, I would like to ask you about your school days. Uh, of course, everyone is so proud of their alma mater. So if you can brief us about your school days and the skills and the competencies that you collected there and how things, uh, you know, how things shaped up over there to make you who you are today. Uh, can, can you just brief us on that? No, thank you for that uh, question. Uh, sounds, you know, somewhat uh, conventional, but uh, it all depends on, you know, what answer you have. And a uh, lot of people, Hannibal, say that uh, school time is their best time. And uh, I totally go against that. Uh, one can say that, uh, you know, when you uh, do not understand the world, when you are, uh, you know, very young, maybe up to about uh, sixth grade or seventh grade until such time you are able to comprehend things uh, you can take uh, you know school life very light, lightly and uh, you can enjoy uh, you know that time but beyond that when you start uh, understanding how challenging the world is if uh, one can honestly say that school time is their best time i have an issue with it um, so for me, uh, you know, school time uh, for a person who's actually serious about uh, encountering the challenges to become victorious, to, to become successful, uh, you know, can't be the best uh, time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's the kind of, uh, you know, sentiment I had. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, get to that point. So for me, while uh, when I was, uh, very small. I had a lot of talents which received, uh, you know, a lot of recognition and love and admiration. Starting from, you know, singing to uh, athletics uh, is my first love even today. Uh, I was excelling in a few areas. I, you know, could uh, draw uh, paintings or do paintings and. Uh, uh, so I had uh, a few talents. Uh, like what were some talents? Like being first in class, uh, becoming a prefect. You know, these are the things that you know people sometimes ponder upon. What is what's sure. your case? Right. No. So I have never been uh, the the first in the class, the second in the class, the third in the class. I was uh, an average student. Uh, very, uh, to be very honest with you. But together with that, uh, since uh, I had you know, a lot of other talents, I was a star, you know, right from my school days. Um, I was uh, admired to be someone, uh, you know, who's uh, well differentiated. So that mix, you know, placed me in a position where 
I realized uh, during very early stages that recognition is all about living and if one has no recognition and admiration and respect for who you are and what you do and what you achieve on a daily basis on a weekly basis what is life yeah right uh, so it is that thought that got into me uh, and and it is that thought that drove me uh, forward uh, to go for you know something other people you know couldn't uh, easily achieve to be able to outperform others uh, to to do something different you know to to be noticed by others um, so that was my uh, you know uh, school days uh, experience uh, so I I mean I said I was an average student but having said that I must say that I had a very good O-level results and uh, I then got into math stream um, uh, for my A-levels and uh, I passed uh, advanced level and with my sports background you know being uh, the former uh, national hurdle uh, champion and uh, Columbia district champion and being an athletic coach during my school days uh, not officially but unofficially because I had the perfect uh, technique for hurdles uh, which uh, no one else in Sri Lanka had at that point of time. Uh, so it was a lot of hard work to be able to, you know, get into that uh, rhythm. If ask, you can. Uh, like what, what was the school that you attended to, Mr. Gomez? I, I went to Prince of Wales, uh, Morotua. Uh, reason being that four Gomez generations went to that school. And my... I mean, it's one of the and very popular. I would say it's, it has a very remarkable history, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, actually, I was brought up uh, lately by my papa, my father's younger brother, and uh, he didn't want me to go to any other school other than Prince of Wales. While he had the ability to put me into any school in Sri Lanka, because he was an academic, he later became the principal of uh, Royal, but he was uh, a, a much, uh, uh, you know, he was at a much higher level in terms of his. Uh, you know, academic qualification. He became a principal to become the principal of his own school, and then once you become a, a principal, the politicians decide where should, you should work. So that's why he ended up. Otherwise, he headed uh, universities in uh, the UK and in Nigeria. And uh, before he became a principal, he was a senior director of uh, the education uh, ministry. Right. So he's the person, and and he was number one psychology uh, psychology lecturer in Sri Lanka. He used to you know go around all the universities. Uh, to do uh, psychology, right. uh, so I was brought up by him, and uh, that is why um, you know I uh, went to the school I went okay. to, and uh, yeah, so that was it. Okay. Uh, this uh, is going. Thanks for that. And Slate Global Education, who is the official title partner. Slate Global Education is established for students who are interested in venturing past the higher education opportunities in Sri Lanka to explore avenues in countries such as Australia, Canada, UK, USA, Germany and France. They have a network of 30 plus universities that they collaborate with to provide students with the best learning and holistic university experience. You can also avail exclusive scholarship schemes, especially if you are a student or alumnus of SLIT. SLIT Global Education also provides exceptional academic counseling services for undergraduate and postgraduate students tailored to their requirements. They also offer excellent visa guidance counseling services and pre-departure training to all their transfer students. If you're considering pursuing your higher education abroad, feel free to give their friendly team a buzz. And this is an added question to education. Now, I see that you have, uh, you know, you have you have your MBA, you're a fellow in in SIM, and you know there is a there is a massive amount of qualifications, you know, in your portfolio. Now. 
if you look at a person who has just completed advanced level because this discussion that we have is going to be uh, yes. very helpful for a person who wants to decide their career path so uh, sure. you know a person who has just completed a levels the biggest question in sri lanka that they face is what should be my next step if it's higher education sure. what path of what it is all about now whereas in canada from from high school you have already decided which path that you're going to you want to be a sportsman you got a curriculum for that you want to be an artist you got a curriculum for that you want to do like orchestra you got a curriculum for that so a person who likes to do sports it's not going to waste time learning economics or business studies stuff like that which is going to be a massive contradiction all in all so i'm you have held so many leadership positions in sri lanka how do you if you were given uh, you know a leading position in the ministry of education how do you think you will solve this concern mr gomez so thank you a uh, great uh, question uh, and it's uh, a uh, burning issue uh, even right now in sri lanka while they're having uh, you know so much uh, so called uh, you know reforms <laughs> being done uh, the fact remains that uh, we still follow very conventional ways uh, of of handling you know curriculum and things like that and you just explain what uh, canada is doing and uh, not just in the western world even you know within this region uh, some of the countries have started to basically follow that uh, method and as you quite rightly said uh, you know if you want to be a musician why do you spend time wasting uh, you know why do you spend uh, time uh trying to study science to at the end become a musician right it's a waste of time waste of energy waste of money waste of everything waste of resources uh waste of resources by the 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 government and the entire nation and and that's money for the poor man so so obviously you know from a strategic standpoint uh, you know there is a huge huge issue that we need to fix so having said that um uh if i you know became uh you said the education minister right uh, what would i do i would simply uh embrace what the western world is is currently you know doing and uh, you know what uh, some of the asian countries have embraced in the recent past uh, to uh, you know get on with uh, a similar philosophy and similar concept and, and similar policy uh so that we would be helping the younger generation uh to become what they want to become uh you know within the shortest possible time and um, you know in sri lanka uh, uh a student who get into um uh doing medicine after levels takes 10 years to become a doctor my brother is in uh, karapiti so i i know what you're telling me <laughs> anyway continue <laughs> okay yeah yeah so so everyone knows it but no one has done anything about it yet so that's that's medicine uh that's where the biggest issue is but uh, look at commerce uh, look at art uh, you know if you go through uh the the public uh, university process uh by the time you complete your degree um uh, you know you are 24 25 whereas in a, in a western country you took the example of canada at the age of uh, 20 you can have uh, the first degree right and and when you uh, pass out of the uh, the uni there is a path uh, natural path that you would get into and then you start uh, you know gaining experience and you become uh, a a super performer at the age of 24 25 whereas our kids here would still uh, be be going to uh, the uni uh, so it's a it's a disaster um, it's it's uh, an agony uh, i can use all the the words in the dictionary but uh, you all know what it is yeah. so we certainly need to get out of it uh, so i have said that uh, we should recognize the role played by the private universities such as uh, slate 
Um, so certainly it has to change. So two things, you know, one is educational reforms uh, to, uh, you know, for the, the children to be able to use their natural talent, where their passion is, where their strength is, and putting that on a fast track so that uh, they can start performing at an early age, with, which would, you know, at the end, uh, create uh, economic value for the country. And- uh, exactly through which, Mr. Gomez, I think that idea—I mean, you embracing that idea—is—is is, is of course it's a great initiative if that can be implemented. Welcome to Sparkings, a platform that will groom you to have a leading edge over other IT students. We build this to give you the real skills to make you a superhero, actually a super talent. Being up on the game is really important and that's why we researched what skills are really required by the IT industry. You will be surprised, it's not pure technical skills, but a combination of specific technical skills and soft skills that we offer, which no program out there in Sri Lanka teaches you. If you master these skills, you'll be assured a job in a leading IT company or the support to start your entrepreneurship journey. And that is why I teamed up with the best people to help you. Through a pre-selection process, candidates will be given the opportunity of a personalized mentorship with SparkX. The program is six months long and can be followed part-time while you study. Dedicated mentors with domain experts will connect you through live online learning and face-to-face boot camps. Now, I don't know whether you will agree on this statement that I'm going to bring. Democracy for me, democracy would work when law enforcement is very accurate. When law enforcement is not that accurate, dictatorship would work. Now, I would like to give you an example for this. Now, if you take in, in, in Canada recently, there were COVID restrictions. All the premiers, premiers are the head of provinces. They ask people, stay at home, do social distancing. And in the province of Ontario, in Canada, there was the finance minister who told everyone through the media saying, stay at home, but this guy has gone on vacation and he got caught. And you know what happened? He had to give resignation. Just one, it was just one uh, call from the premier, he gave resignation and that was it. Now, if it happened in Sri Lanka, there will be millions and millions of uh, uh, reasons as to why they would justify that. So I don't think law enforcement is properly done in Sri Lanka with the examples you told. So do you agree if democracy is to prevail, law enforcement, under a law enforcement, democracy will prevail. But if the law enforcement is not properly done, dictatorship is better. What do you think about that, Mr. Gomez? Okay, no, great uh, proposition uh, that you presented, Hannibal, uh, and I totally agree. But I would uh, add one thing more. Law and order is is critical. And without law and order, if you have democracy, uh, it can be a disaster. And uh, we face that disaster more like on a daily basis. But people have to be educated as well. Right? If people are not educated, even if you have law enforced, right laws and then they are enforced effectively without any lapses, you will still have wrong decisions being made Mm. because you will still have wrong people going to the parliament, right? So education is one, but the the issue is you can educate people, but uh, when you are poor, you need to fix your problems uh, uh, you know, in the short term. So when you have this level of poverty, when uh, you have to, you know, uh, work hard to find uh, your your next meal, even though you are educated, you cannot make decisions uh, for the future compromising on, uh, you know, what I need to have uh, today. Uh, so it's, it's a very complex uh, thing. Right? So it's a journey that we have to get on to where uh, we will educate people with education 
people will be able to uh, earn um, you know something bigger better so that uh, uh, the level of poverty will get reduced you add law enforcement to it and law amendments reforms have to be done in the first place because we have uh, laws you know that are as old as uh, 200 years uh, for example you know some penalties you know you go rob not not any uh, you know actual example but uh, there are similar examples uh, which i can't recall at the moment you can rob uh, 10 million rupees your penalty would would be 5 rupees right so there are situations like that uh, so those have to be fixed so uh, aligning uh, the law uh, in line with uh, you know today's demand and then enforcing it uh, so all those factors have to come in uh, then uh, democracy can uh, work not otherwise uh, and brilliant brilliant point Okay, I'm going. I'm going to divert your attention to uh, to a quote you have mentioned. Uh, this is what I got from, I think, from the web. Maybe you can tell me whether it's accurate, and then I can ask the question. Says, in order to win in any game which you lay your hands on, you have got to compete, and to compete, you have got to have the right attitude. Um, can I get your confirmation that you said this? Yes, I, I okay. said it. I said okay. it. Yes, so I, have I, I, I have said it million. I have said it million, million times. times. Okay. So, okay, I'm I'm going to ask a question on this now. If you look at people who have been successful, for example, if you take someone like Jeff Bezos of Amazon, very successful guy, he's spreading his you know company all over. Now you got Amazon Fresh, which is a supermarket digitally equipped. and you know it's it's spreading right but my question uh, mr gomez is at what cost right this guy uh, is becoming a multimillionaire at what cost i mean uh, in my as a lecturer here in canada as i said they call us professor i teach a subject called ob organization behavior and in that assignment i do i give them for my students they have to do an assignment on issues employees face at their workplace and 9 out of 10 times students would select amazon uh, simply because uh, you know the the way they treat and i have seen it to my eyes uh, some people protest it's a very bad uh, it's a toxic culture to work you're not being paid uh, if you get hurt you're being treated like animals and uh, like if you get if you have a back pain they would still just take this medicine do your shift if not you won't be paid so i mean i mean of course you need to have the right attitude but what do you think about ethics and governance and stuff like that and w- actually what is your opinion about employees treating their employees so bad uh, just for their own betterment i mean you would see Uh, Jeff Bezos coming and saying we have the best working culture. We do this for our employees. But is it really the case? There is a big question mark. I just want your opinion on that. What do you think, Mr. Gomez? Okay, so uh, two two independent uh, things uh, uh, you you mentioned. You know, one you asked me if I you know made that statement. I said yes. Your question is of different nature. So I'll answer the second uh, you know part of the the whole uh, you know presentation first. Um, no, uh, that's the worst thing uh, a business leader should do. Because finally, 
all what we do today are for the people for the mankind uh, you know is for others finally and uh, if one uh, is not practicing you know that fundamental human value uh, then that person should be shocked right you know i can be very direct on that and uh, so uh, i have worked uh, for us multinationals for 33 years you know it very well 22 years for chevron chevron is present in canada in a big way um chevron has policies chevron has written down and well communicated values and in that uh, you know value system uh, you know you can do what you just described if you do that uh, there will always be um, a process uh, an employee uh, can go through and and um, uh, you know seek uh, you know damages uh, damages you know broadly uh, uh, you know put across uh so you talked about you know someone having a pain and and they, the the employer who you know would uh, tell you to you know take a pill and continue to work chevron would never ever do that you are actually supposed to foresee any such issues uh by way of ergonomic uh audits being performed self audits plus you know you would have a colleague you know in your team who do that audit and and they give you uh his or her feedback and you're supposed to use that and report that to your immediate supervisor and then immediate supervisor has to escalate it depending on uh, the, the the nature of the issue and it will be responded to uh and so so uh good organizations respected organizations um you know have those policies in place uh and and law is very very uh, strong you know on, on that uh, you know issue uh, so i don't know how amazon is is basically getting away uh with all these things but surely the employees can challenge uh the organization um and and uh, you know find the solutions uh but uh, yes so so what organizations sometimes do is they as you as you said the the ceo or the top guy would talk about all the nice things flowery things uh, to paint a picture that uh, his or her organization is the best but they practice something you know totally uh, you know uh, different um so those have to be matched and employees today have uh, very strong rights and uh, employees can you know surely uh, use those rights uh, to to change you know such organizations and and, uh, and such cultures uh, so employees need to be aware nice. yeah and also, uh, so uh, let's i'm sorry sorry let me let me can i cover yeah. the first part of the thing as well yeah. uh, about uh, uh, competition yeah i mean there is tremendous competition we always say that if you are to uh, you know be a better country we need to uh, grow our economy who can grow a country's economy is the workforce right so sri lanka has a population of uh, i don't think sri lanka knows how much population but the figure used is 21.5 million to 22 million let's assume that you know that is uh, you know somewhat right so we have central bank would say we have uh, uh, 7.5 million people in the workforce but my number there is um, uh, 8.5 if i count people who are over 60 Uh, who have more energy than uh, 20 year old uh, you know young guy would have uh, so uh, as long as you have energy your uh, sharpness is perfect and then your brain works beautifully i would count them uh, as uh, valuable assets and i would add that number to the uh, workforce number as defined by uh, the central bank so it's the workforce that has to compete so the workforce here has to compete uh, against the workforce of uh, the US China India you can you know name many other countries so they need to be trained to be able to take on that competition 
for which you need to inculcate the right attitude. Uh, unfortunately, uh, from our school days uh, and, and uh, our parents and our elders have said, Taranga karanda ipa sahabagi vima tamai honda vade, loke karanda pula loko vade sahabagi vima. So this has been our downfall, this has been uh, the disaster, this has been one factor or key factor that has led to the situation we are in today. So I'm saying compete against you right? to be a, a, a stronger individual with greater knowledge, skills, talent, capacity, competence. And everything else you got to have. So if you want to be better, you got to you know look at your innate capacity and keep improving your knowledge, knowledge that is current, knowledge that has commercial value, knowledge that is branded, knowledge that you can sell and fetch the right price. You know, we go back to one of the questions you asked, you know, which is a beautiful one, right? So knowledge and then skills. Knowledge without skills of no use forget it and uh, i know you understand it very well and uh, your style is very different and you uh, go beyond just teaching the subject i know so we need that and then you need to be creative for which you got to you know inculcate that talent you know keep your eyes and ears open look at a borderless uh, world uh, uh, you know think uh, kind of in a in a fantasy so that you know you will break all the barriers and finally, you you know fetch creativity out of the out of the out of the atmosphere, and you be creative, and then your capacity without limiting to your core, going beyond your core, being that multi-talented, multi-faceted individual, so that your mix uh, will not be matched by anybody, or it will be hard for somebody to somebody to be able to come and match it. And then your competence, you know, your efficiency, your productivity, da da da, all of that. So that's what you do. So I mean, compete against you if you want to win, and that process will ensure that you'll be able to naturally beat the others. And uh, when you win, share the benefit of your success with the loser, with the loser, with others, right? And you have that attitude, you will not go wrong. It's not to demean anybody, not to belittle anybody, not to beat anybody, but to be a better contributor for yourself, for the others. You will always, always, all the time share the benefit of success with others. And and that's what I do today, uh, Hannibal. And that's the reason why I'm on this line today. That is very nice. I, I really like that part where you said, you know, share your success with others. talk about you know your role of being a ceo now it's a nice it's a nice uh, it's nice three letters to have on a business card isn't it ceo and uh, i am the ceo of this company it's like when you walk somewhere and when you say hi and when you give your business card it's so nice to say so what do you do well i'm the ceo and it's better when you are a ceo of a blue chip company now the thing sure. that most of us don't understand is the effort and the responsibility and the level of sometimes the stress that a person has to go through being the CEO. In my books, as an accountant, uh, well, you could be a CEO as far, as far as you deliver results. Well, your top line and the bottom line increases, you're a good CEO. After four or five years, the very day your top line and bottom line declines, you're the worst CEO of all time. So that's 
I mean, I, I really, I, I've never been a CEO, and uh, you know, it's not. I'm, I'm into education, but I always used to think, and I've, I've associated many CEOs, uh, where some people they handle it very well, but some they are successful. But then comes the question: At what cost? I just gave you that example of Elon Musk. He sleeps in his factory because he thinks working more hours is going to contribute in a massive way for his work performance. Now. And if you look at his personal life of Elon Musk, well, he has several marriages. Some marriages were unsuccessful, and we really do not know like what is really going on. But we see the outer picture; looks very nice. So I would like to ask some questions from you regarding the CEO's role that you have been in. Like, what were some hardships that you had to go through? How did you balance, you know, these things with your family life? your career plans uh, maybe with your maybe religion that your your spiritual element of your life uh, can you give us some concrete examples like Trevin for example this happened when i was a ceo and this is how i did and uh, i would like to hear that story from you okay um uh, yeah i mean if i had one hour i would have uh, you know given a much better answer but uh, you know it's a short time that we have so yes what you described is is the fact our ceos have a tough life and i always say that it's easy to get on top but uh, staying in top uh, is is harder um so i have two records in sri lanka hannibal uh, you know it uh, to uh, be the youngest uh, sri lankan to become uh, the ceo of a truly multinational organization and uh, i also have uh, the the record of being the longest serving multinational ceo nice. so i became a ceo at the age of 35 and uh, i held that position for 19 uh, long years um uh, and i guess um, the, the next uh, best ceo would have probably been there for 6 years because i mean mostly you become a ceo when you pass uh, uh 50 years so obviously you can be there for more than 10 years but anyway so uh yeah so how have i performed uh, uh, you know in that position by the way today i'm a group ceo so it's uh, you know when you add the word group to the three nice letters you just described uh, it increases your your stress level so there are five companies uh, that i handle now uh, so one is a export company bui uh, and and uh, we do manufacturing for hemas we do manu- contract manufacturing for unilever farling uh, and here the ones who supply all these you know products to uh, the hotels these little dinky shampoos and all that you find in hotels under their brand though it's their brand those are manufactured by the company that i hit so no just to tell you that uh, when you are a group ceo uh, things get even uh, more complex but uh, that was a multinational this is uh, today a local company so therefore things are different so you come under tremendous pressure by the shareholders when you are a blue chip company which you know very well you can give them the best return in terms of uh, you know capital employed in terms of dividend payout uh, uh, in terms of you know all the kpis they will still want um, more um, and you create a record do you do uh, your best here uh, you know with greatest effort and you know doing everything perfectly next year if your performance go down by 5% you know you are a bad ceo so it hurts you as well so say for example you know one year you uh, uh increase your your profit by uh, uh 30% and next year it comes down by 5% and over the previous year you are still 25% better the guys will cry right so I, it, you know you <laughs> so it, it it really demotivates you but when you get adjusted to that you know kind of um, environment uh, you don't feel them as long as you know that you are performing and no one else would be able to do better than you 
it gives you the inspiration you uh, you know require so you got to always do a external comparison how are you faring versus your competition how are you faring against uh, the other blue chip companies uh, uh, because you know very well uh, Hannibal when the economy is growing you have a double digit GDP growth uh, disposable income goes high and uh, your exchange rate is uh, you know very favorable you can uh, obviously achieve better results when those things in you know, external factors get tightened um, how much ever you know good you do you, know, you get people to give their uh, you know best all of that uh, the the end result you know can be uh, slightly lower so these are the realities uh, so um, so it is with that external comparison that you make that you can decide if you are doing well or otherwise and you got to communicate that you know when people say your profit is five percent down you know you should have your explanation to uh, you know silence them right uh, so you know need to know uh, how you're performing so that self audit is is important uh, so that is one aspect the other uh, issue is when you are a multinational right again you can create a record and once you create a record they don't take into account that you have created a record and set uh, the business plan for you they would always want 10 percent higher 20 percent higher if you have been growing at 20 percent uh, globally maybe you are not thinking of any growth but uh, sustaining the same level but the fact that Sri Lanka has grown by 20% over the years, uh, the Sri Lankan business will get a business plan that is 30% more than uh, your uh, record performance, right? So how do you explain that? So you can't blame them because you try to milk the market, you try to get the maximum and that's quite natural. So, you know, you've got to basically uh, understand uh, how the world works and uh, why they uh, you know give you such uh, targets uh, so they are again uh, you know you need to have your own analysis to prove the point that uh, you've done your best and uh, so the only thing that you need to worry about and manage is if someone else can come and do your job better mm, yes good point that's then then uh, you know you should feel very bad other than that don't feel bad about anything else right as long as you know that you're doing well keep expanding your horizons set your uh, you know aim much higher than what you have accomplished in the past tap into the innate capacity keep uh, you know creating new records uh, for you to be able to maintain the brand you have built um, and so just focus on that uh, you will always have the peace of mind and uh, you will still have the feeling of uh, a successful individual and uh, that would give you the life you need and when you have that state of mind uh, you will enjoy your life no matter what others have. I mean thanks for that and this is just uh, you know I mean these are one of your I think these these uh, this person that I'm going to mention would be I think surely a good friend of yours I'm talk, going to talk about a person that I admire the most uh, you know leading a company uh, that's Mr. Meryl Fernando of Dilma I, I saw in one of his interviews where he says you know there came a point in our business where we had to expand our business and rather than investing in the business financially we invested in our employees we increased their pay we look who our loyal employees are we gave them good bonuses and we selected the second option rather than invest in the business with regard to ppe but we invested in our employees and what we realized was that because we invested in our employees and we we saw that we gave them a perception that they are more important to us we were able to expand the business even much more than what we thought in the first option. So, uh, so what do you think about this? Uh, very, very few people would think 
on investing on employees rather than like as you saw in many so-called multinationals uh, i would say not everyone is not like that but they are looking at you know getting more hours to work hours to be worked get higher number of work to be done finish the ship with targets 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 uh, what do you think about mr mary fernando's uh, you know formula no i mean when you are large that's the only way you can grow business because as an individual there is very little you can do uh, and there are many aspects you know you have your production you have your uh, uh, you know marketing you have your finance uh, you have uh, you know everything else uh, in an organization um, so as a business leader only way you can improve performance is by getting the people to uh, perform and for them to be able to perform uh, they need to be better employees more capable employees so you got to enable you know that entire process so that's what you need to do uh, but having said that uh, anyway it's important that you get the right people in right you can be in a situation where you get the wrong people uh, which puts uh, you know pressure on you to make them right right uh, so it's is getting right people and uh, you know uh, it's it's easy to say but getting right people is a very hard thing to do with all the experience you have you can make a blunder in recruiting people right you can go through all the science in the world uh, the art and experience uh, but uh, the moment you get the person on board first day you will realize that you have made the 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 worst uh, mistake you know emerge after life yeah so so therefore it's not an easy one uh, so therefore uh, you know you can use all the processes all the systems all the uh, the theories and principles in order to get the right people um, and then obviously as an employer you got to keep adding on to what the person has brought in um, so that is uh, very important and uh, every organization says it uh, but many, not many organizations uh, practice it you know that's the, the issue so mr neril fernando being the man he is um, uh, he uh, must have you know practiced it uh, as well uh, for dilma uh, to become the brand it has become uh, which is a uh, you know great story for the country correct and you know we are coming to the last uh, few questions of uh, our, our segment today and you know looking at your journey it's a quite a remarkable journey isn't it starting from school days to being uh, the national 110 meter hurdles champion to becoming a ceo at 35 years and then uh, i would also like to talk your experience as a you know as a as a celebrity you you showcase you come as a judge and i was fortunate enough uh, to be in a competition that was youth with talent organized by itn and uh, there were some really nice comments that you made about me which i use even here in canada before i perform at a corporate event or at a at a particular event it's you uh, that makes a comment about me and when i show it to my friend they ask who is who is who, who is this i think he's he's a celebrity in sri lanka oh right seems like this guy really likes you trevin <laughs> and yeah and looking at all that mr gomes uh, i mean don't get offended if i ask this you, from you uh, are you having plans to enter the political arena Uh, in, in Sri Lanka, what what is your what's your thought on that? Okay, I will never ever get into politics. If I wanted to, I would have got into politics twenty uh, years ago. And uh, those who know me, those who follow me, know what I do, and I will continue to you know do that. Nice. Um, so so I take time to guide the younger generation, um, and. Um, I am doing various other things, and I just happen to mention that I am an advisory board member of uh, Slate Business Faculty. And other than that, I'm actually uh, on uh, the boards of three other private universities as well. It's all voluntary work. 
trying to offer right education to the younger generation and i guide the generation uh, using what i have learned uh, through my journey telling them uh, the book is wrong and book is obsolete there are still certain things that are still current and valid and good but uh, most of it is obsolete so therefore i tell them don't follow the book and this is what you need to follow and uh, just think about it so uh, that uh, uh, kind of politics is is better than traditional politics are and i think that's a very smart move uh, from you being the person whom you are so i come to the last question and with this we wind up the session for today this is from uh, something that you said uh Mr Gomes uh, uh, says traveling out of the country is the last thing he would ever want to do during his leisure. Uh so uh, you say that you don't like to travel out of the country and I would like to extend an invitation if, if you ever visit Canada please I would like to you know uh, you know welcome you and you know uh, you know go uh, you know go on trips with you but uh, wondering yeah. why why do you don't like to go out of the country okay, so I'll, I'll 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 start with uh, one part of uh, you know what you just said uh, uh, i have my best friend uh, living in canada uh, so i have a reason to visit canada and uh, when i make plans there will always be space in that plan to spend uh, at least several hours with you <laughs> right <laughs> and and uh, let me go and record here once more uh you talked about uh, youth with talent and uh, some people probably may have thought that uh, i was only trying to be uh, a conventional judge by saying things uh, you know just for the camera but i meant it and i uh, said that uh, you are the best uh, presenter i've come across in sri lanka uh and i said you are the best communicator and i said communication is not language but uh, something much broader than that so i looked at all your verbal and non verbal uh presentation uh, you know aspects and uh, i including your your attire your visual you know uh, and i encourage uh, you know those who are watching this to uh go online and type uh, Hannibal the Magic Warrior and take a look at some of your presentations to see um what presentation can do for you uh the importance of presentation and i must say that uh, while the winners were someone else the way you captivated the audience the live audience and uh, the tv audience was amazing and i don't think even the winners uh were able to be consistent in that right uh, so uh that i uh, not to not to raise you or to put you up but i said it for the benefit of uh, these kids who are online now anyway so let's leave it at that so uh, the reason why i uh, hate to travel uh, is because i've traveled in a and i spent long hours uh, uh, you know sometimes 20 hours um, uh, you know in a plane uh, at at uh, over 33000 uh, feet uh, and uh, cabin uh, yeah cabin temperature of uh, 13 9 12 less than 20 all the time and uh, i have had the uh fortune of flying business class most of the time 99% of the time but yet uh, nothing like your own bed uh, so you still uh, you know go through pain um uh, uh, and even if you are you know on your own bed you go to keep rolling every half an hour which you can't do when you're on a flight uh, so i've been tortured uh, you know that way um so that's why I, i said that i love my country obviously you migrated for good reasons uh, but i know for a fact that your heart is still here um uh, so these are uh, decisions uh, 
you know, one makes uh, for, for good reasons. But uh, yeah, I mean, being the man I am with all the traveling I have done, uh, seeing the value of living in your own uh, country, uh, I have no reason to travel. I would still like to travel with my family on leisure, uh, but official traveling, you tell me, um, that's the last thing uh, I would uh, like to wholeheartedly undertake. No, and, and first of all, I would like really like to thank you uh, for your compliments. And it was great to be performing in front of an elite panel uh, and as a person like you. Comments from me. I remember telling you last time that I think you are the best communicator in Sri Lanka. Thank you, sir. Not in terms of language skills. To me, communication is not just language. Language is a medium you use to communicate. And there are a lot more aspects and elements that you add to communication. And you prove to the world once again what those are, right? Your style, right? How you sort of get the attention from the audience, how you keep it going, how you gather the momentum, how you influence the other person's you know, thinking, thought process, how you captivate an audience, how you effectively use one's body language in order to ensure that the listener is fully aligned with you, not allowing the listener to sort of go on the path she or, she, you know, she, she or he wants to be on, but getting the listener to go on the path you want that person to be on, right? That's communication. And um, you are an example to the rest of the magicians and other performers, you know, who have come on stage to present their acts. And um, obviously, with all what I said, you should go to the pool. You Thank have you. my vote. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. And yeah, I would, that would be on video and those videos will be there forever and it's going to cherish in my mind for a long time. And yeah, there are right. no words for me to thank you for that. So we... And uh, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I make a request, please? Yes. If you can, uh, you know, uh, just take this clip and, and give it publicity as well to inspire the younger generation. Uh, and and uh, you know, post it so that when they type Hannibal, this clip will also be there, yeah. and uh, they will now know. You know, with that, they'll know uh, how I have justified it, uh, which I uh, didn't. You know, I didn't get that opportunity uh, during uh, you know that series. Yes, for sure, I'll do that, and I'm sure our friends over here they will get that. In, they get done as well. So. Thank you so much, Mr. Mr. Gomez, for, for allocating time to have this chat. And uh, before we conclude, I would like to ask you about the for your final remarks regarding this session and your experience of doing a podcast online. And, you know, it's I'm in Canada, you're in Sri Lanka. Thanks to the technology, we can do something like this. And we would like to wind up with that. Uh, what are your final remarks, Mr. Gomez? No, um, firstly, let me thank uh, the boys um, you know, who got in touch with me um, and, and uh, put this whole thing together uh, while we had a couple of teething issues at the beginning. Rest has been pretty smooth. So uh, hats off to uh, the organizers and, and uh, technical and non-technical people behind this effort. And at the moment they mentioned your name, Hannibal, uh, I said, uh, yes, I only had to decide when at what time, okay. uh, which, which went all right, I believe. Um, and it was a very different uh, discussion. Um, the way we started off, if one thought that it was going to be another conventional uh, interview, they would have realized uh, just within the first 10 minutes that uh, it isn't going to be anything conventional but something uh, extraordinary, something very different. Uh, so that's your contribution, Hanuman. Uh, and uh, I must uh, also um, uh, state something here. You're now in Canada and uh, your, your uh, uh, English knowledge is is one of the best and uh, living in uh, Canada you could have probably you know used an accent 
uh, to show the people that you are now living in Canada. Uh, and uh, even if you didn't go to Canada, you could easily done it with the skill you have, but you didn't do that. You use very simple language in the right style, keeping the audience in mind. Right? So that alignment and that adjustment is something uh, the younger generation uh, here needs to understand. Who is your target audience? Who are you talking to? Uh, and, and therefore, what is the right tone, right style, right mix of words and right speed, right rhythm, all of that. So uh, in communication, that's very, very critical. So while uh, you didn't uh, say that, I'm saying it because it is an example to the, the younger generation. So please do learn from it. And I uh, wanted to you know, make it a point to highlight that. Uh, uh, so other than that, uh, on a personal note, uh, so nice to see you. Likewise. And uh, uh, you're dressed like uh, a Canadian, though. <laughs> uh, and uh, I am, I am not uh, because uh, I still haven't started my official, you know, day, uh, which I will do uh, soon after uh, we quit. Uh, quit. Uh, so good uh, seeing you and uh, wish you all the very best and wish uh, everyone uh, who joined us uh, to be a part of this uh, very important uh, engagement and uh, uh, compete to succeed, compete against you, be successful, share that success or benefits uh, of that success with the others. It's not, not about uh, you know you winning as an individual, it's about uh, making Sri Lanka win. You make Sri Lanka win, 21.5 million will have a better quality of life. And that should be your vision. Uh, and and uh, be passionate about that vision. Uh, hard work cannot replace uh, anything else. You've got to work really hard, apply yourself keep on expanding your horizons, gain more and more knowledge, go beyond your core, add skills to it, uh, enhance your capacity on a daily basis and uh, be more competent uh, so that uh, there will be uh, the right level of efficiency you would be able to achieve. With that, I am sure that you will win. Uh, the success will not be gifted to you. Success is something you go to chase and acquire. Uh, uh, and I wish all of you a better tomorrow. Better tomorrow has to be created by you. Create it, enjoy it, and to uh, that direction. Uh, good day, y'all. Samata Tirwan Sarana. All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Gomez. Right. It was so nice having you, as I said before, a person of your caliber uh, to even talk with you, share uh, certain things with you, and to listen to your stories, most importantly, was uh, it was actually a remarkable time for me. And thank you so much again, and hope to see you soon. And uh, yeah, so it's time for us to say goodbye from Luminary. See you guys soon with a new episode. Take care and bye-bye. That's this week's episode of The Luminary. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening. SLIT Global Education is established for students who are interested in venturing past the higher education opportunities in Sri Lanka to explore avenues in countries such as Australia, Canada, UK, USA, Germany and France. They have a network of 30 plus universities that they collaborate with to provide students with the best learning and holistic university experience. You can also avail exclusive scholarship schemes especially if you are a student or alumnus of SLIT. SLIT Global Education also provides exceptional academic counseling services for undergraduate and postgraduate students tailored to their requirements. They also offer excerpt visa guidance counseling services and pre-departure training to all their transfer students. If you're considering pursuing your higher education abroad, feel free to give their friendly team a buzz.
Welcome to Sparkings, a platform that will groom you to have a leading edge over other IT students. We built this to give you the real skills to make you a superhero, actually a super talent. Being up on the game is really important and that's why we researched what skills are really required by the IT industry. You will be surprised, it's not pure technical skills, but a combination of specific technical skills and soft skills that we offer, which no program out there in Sri Lanka teaches you. If you master these skills, you'll be assured a job in a leading IT company or the support to start your entrepreneurship journey. And that is why I teamed up with the best people to help you. Through a pre-selection process, candidates will be given the opportunity of a personalized mentorship with Sparkings. The program is six months long and can be followed part-time while you study. Dedicated mentors with domain experts will connect you through live online learning and face-to-face -face boot camps. 